I'm Kaitel. And I'm Joe. And we're the United Mates. Back in our school days, a shared passion for football brought us together as best friends. Today, we're separated by an ocean. I live in our hometown, London. And these days, I live in LA. But we still enjoy nothing more than chatting about the beautiful game. So we started a podcast. Join us. A few more old mates from school here and there. And new friends too from the world of professional football and beyond. This is the United Mates Football Podcast. Hello, hello, welcome and welcome back to the United Mates Football Podcast. From Los Angeles, California, by way of London, I am your host, Kaitel. My regular co-host, Joe, is not on the call today, but we do have a special guest for today as usual. He's the host of My Sunderland 11 on YouTube, which is in collaboration with Sunderland Food Bank and the Fans Museum, as well as being a regular contributor to Fans React. We welcome Sunderland fan Matthew Lead to the United Mates Football Podcast. He's fresh from witnessing a pretty spectacular game of football at the Stadium of Light. At the very least spectacular for the neutral, but we will get into that. He's joining me for a match recap of Sunderland's League One second leg semi-final playoff defeat on aggregate, I suppose, to Lincoln City. Sorry about the circumstances, Matthew, but it's a pleasure to have you on the show nonetheless. And how are you doing this evening? Yeah, mate, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I mean, if it was under better circumstances, it would be uh, it'd be really good. And I'd be uh, it'd be brilliant if I was sitting here telling you how looking forward I am to going to Wembley. However, uh, I'm here telling you how much I'm looking forward to being in League One for a, a fourth season uh, in a row. But um, now, nah, to be honest with you, I've had, I've had, I've had a nice, I've had a nice, a nice day. You know, came up this morning from London uh, to Sunderland on the train. And uh, yeah, now nah, had, had a nice day, seen a few people I haven't seen in a while. And uh, yeah, just, just overall had a good day. It's just a football that's been disappointing. It's impressive that you're able to find the silver linings after that disappointment. But before we do get into the action on the pitch, I figure, you know, it's been a while since fans have been inside the grounds um, themselves. So let's start with sort of the occasion. And uh, I know, yeah, the result didn't go your way, but just how good was it to be in the Stadium of Light in the first place? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, it, it was, yeah, it, you're right. It was, it was brilliant. I mean, first half, the atmosphere was fantastic. I mean, we've had a stadium of like four to 30,000. And I think with 10,000 fans today, the atmosphere was even better, even better than it, than it has been before. You know, we, we, were, we were singing and, uh, and and everything really. And when the goals went in, you know, it was so great to be uh, in a football stadium and watch your team score and celebrate with other fans and just at home in your living room on your own with maybe your dad, you know. So it's... Uh, yeah, it, it was it was like it was bit it was bittersweet today because it was nice being back in the stadium of life, of course, and it was lovely being you know seeing the fans. It's actually really good seeing the fans like in and around the stadium, like with their Sunderland scarves on, their Sunderland shirts on in the city beforehand, drinking in the pubs, you know, the outdoor gardens. Um, yeah, it was it was great. It was great to see all of that again because we haven't seen it for so long. It's a weekend, you know. It's it's a game. It's an occasion we've waited for for a very long time, and I thought it'd be typical Sunderland to, as soon as we get that occasion, for it to, <laughs> for it to happen that we would, um, you know, it would be it would be a disappointing match. But look, uh, nonetheless, I hope I hope we are permanently back at the Stadium of Light now, 
And I think, you know, if we if we were there all season, we would have really pushed that team on because I think even today in the first half, the atmosphere really pushed those players on to get to get level on to get level on aggregate. And uh, yeah, as soon, as soon as Lincoln scored again, it was yeah there was, uh, <clears throat> we just fell behind, and we know we know this Sunderland team well enough that you know when there's a certain point in the game, we we kind of know when when we're not going to get back into it. And I think we knew today we weren't going to get back into it, but. Nonetheless, again, to answer your question, it was lovely being back with other Sunderland fans again. So that part of the day I've really enjoyed. Yeah, we'll touch on the sort of swings in momentum and swings in atmosphere soon. But, you know, you mentioned being in and around the ground in the city as well. The whole match day experience. I'm over here in the States as an Arsenal supporter. You can see my sort of gear behind me. I'm definitely jealous of, of the occasion. But again, before we start with the first half, let's, I suppose, begin with the lineup itself what did you make of Lee Johnson's starting 11 uh, any surprises or were you mostly sort of pleased with with how the team lined up um it, it was uh, I think it was slightly different to what we were expecting he dropped a few players that we thought he you know he, he maybe wouldn't and he also started Chris Maguire as well and we thought we might never see him play for Sunderland again because Lee Johnson just didn't seem much of a fan but he started him today took him off after about 60 minutes and Maguire wasn't happy about that um, I was, I was actually um, just before I came on. I was, a, I do apologise. I was a few minutes late. Oh, no I was just, uh, I was just over there um, in the main entrance of the Stadium of Light, while the players and the manager came out, and the amount of fans that went over to Lee Johnson, just shouting at him and just saying how his, <clears throat> you know, his team selections has been awful. You know, they let him know that they were, they were, they weren't happy with with like Charlie White maybe playing every game or, you know, uh, but. For me, for me, the, the, the team selection was was absolutely fine today. Uh, I think we went with a four four two. It was quite attacking. Two big strikers. Mm. Um, each one of them scored a goal today as well. So like, it was a good enough team to win the game, absolutely. But I think there was just some substitution. There was the substitutions that 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 were the problem for me. I think we brought on. We've got a player called Jack Diamond. Uh, he doesn't do anything. He just runs around. Really, he's, he's a fast. He's like like a little fast kid, but he's very like erratic. He's all over the place, and he doesn't know what he's doing. He tries he tries Cruyff turns and like, like things that he's just not good enough to do. Gives the ball away far too often, and I think that partly the substitutions today was partly the reason why um, we never got back into it. For me, the team selection was okay, but yeah, it was just the the substitutions for me. They they were they were they were sort of the part of the reason why we didn't get back into the game. Yeah, as an Arsenal fan, even I can relate because obviously a lot of criticism has been levelled at Arteta for his use of or lack of use of substitutes or not putting them on early enough or wrong personnel in the first place. But moving on to the first half, I mean, Diamond you referenced sounds like he was doing a bit or tries to do a bit of a McGeady impression. McGeady was kind of the star yeah. of the the first half, and the game started well for Sunderland. The atmosphere was good. They got behind the team couple of set pieces, two-thirds of the possession in the first 10 minutes. You're on top, and then on 12 minutes, McGeady, who I referenced, he goes past his man on the left, and then with his weaker foot, puts in a cross for one of those big strikers you were talking about, Ross Stewart, who got on the end of it. And true to form, Black Cats have you know, been, I think, a team who in the league have got the most goals within the first 15 minutes of games, perhaps even across all of the sort of um, uh, professional leagues in England. So... Tell me what you made of that goal and then what did you sort of, your reference point for Sunderland's foothold in the game? You know, they're 2-1 down and momentum's behind them. 
Yeah, to be honest with you, I, I, I didn't <clears throat> quite see the, the first goal. The, the only reason why is because I drank a little bit too much beer before the match and my eyes were a bit fuzzy. So I couldn't really uh, make out the goal too much. All I know is the ball hit the net, back of the net. Uh, I, I saw, you know, some McGeady's cross went, went in the box and the ball hit the back of the net. Um, but yeah, after, you know, after that, um, after that goal, the roar, you know, to just push those players on was incredible. Uh so that that was um, yeah that, that was fantastic to see it. and I, and I knew I thought you know get back into this game get an early goal which was, was a fairly early goal in I think, mm. in the first fifteen minutes I'm sure something like that um, and then I thought you know this leaves us the rest of the game to get a second goal and then leaves us however long to get a third goal um, and then we've actually we actually got a better chance um, to to go two 0 up to bring it back two to an aggregate where Charlie White literally uh, rounded the keeper. And then he, he, just, he just didn't shoot. I don't know why. And then he stopped. And then he just had a shot of his right foot and hit the defender. He didn't. He didn't just like he ran the keeper and just have a shot of his left foot. He just stopped, let all the defenders jump in front of him, and then have a sh- shot of his right foot. So that was an easy chance to go two up. But we did eventually, and uh, you know we we were still you know we're being we're being pushed on. The crowd was was really pushing the players on, and I thought we were doing fine. But then the half time came, and I thought, you know, that half time kind of kills the momentum for our players because once our players get into a bit of momentum, if they just stopped, it takes them a little bit of a while to get back into that, um, you know, into that sort of swing of things. And uh, yeah, like as, as soon as half time came, I thought, mm, I, I don't know, you know, I, I, I'm really, I'm really not too, um, too, too confident in this second half. You know, they, they came out and we we ruled them on again, but. You, you can tell as soon as we start the second half, they just weren't in it, mm. and um, it, that, it, we never looked like scoring a goal. Never. It, it's very when I've watched every, you know the entire game for every single game this season, you 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 know the ins and outs of each player and what they're capable of, and when they're at, when they're playing a certain way, you know what, what's going to come from them. And we knew watching the players today that nothing was actually going. They weren't going to create anything. They weren't going to score another goal in the second half. Uh, uh, or, or anything like that, you know. I think as soon as halftime came, you know, we, we we did well. But as soon as this is, it all depends on how the second half starts for us. We knew as soon as that team came out and started, you know, moving that ball around, and it just it didn't seem right. And I think we knew from there. Well, we were just praying. We're like, please, just hold on, or you know, just nick nick another goal somewhere. Just don't concede. That's all we want to do is just not concede, and you know. That's the only thing that we actually, um, you know, that's that's the thing we did. And I knew if we conceded, we would lose because mm. there was no way we we're going to score. Um, but yeah, that, that that that's just the that's just the end story for it, really. You know, it, it was all about the crowd today in the first half that pushed the players on. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, apart from that, the, just the, the players aren't good enough. That's it. It's just it, it's it's simple. Is it league league one playing? They're not even good enough. They're like standard league one players they're not pushing championship they're just average league one so yeah I think that, I think that's what we've learned over this past few seasons and definitely you know the end the end of this season a lot of people have realized that these players are, are not probably not good enough to play at this football club well one I suppose decent player who did get the the second goal I think your top scorer for the season Charlie White you referenced those you know two chances one that you missed one that he he put away and the one he put away was a bit of a carbon copy almost of the first goal again it's McGeady whips it in left-footed and uh, White who has less time 
to think about it than the one he missed puts it away. Is that sort of symptomatic of, of White's play? He does better when he doesn't have too much time to think about things. You know, he rounded the keeper and he sort of, like you said, he delayed, he delayed, and then he hits the man on the line. Um, is White more of a predatory striker? Exactly that, exactly that. And I think this whole season we've, we've been saying that White only scores one type of goal and that is a cross into the box and a header and in. Or, or it, it might be a ball drops down into the box on his feet. If it, if the goal's, if he's facing the goal, it drops down at his feet, he can score. If he's always facing the goal, but like today's goal, if he's facing the goal, comes in front of him, whether it's on his head or his feet, one touch is a one touch sort of finisher. If he if he is in a situation where he has to take a few touches or or actually do something with the ball, you can never really rely on him to, you know, to 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 do something. Um, you know, like today, rounded the keeper and and um, you know, and missed. He, he's done he's done it before where he's sort of rounded the like rounded a goalkeeper, or I don't know, taken on a defender and he just hasn't been able to do it. So I think that that area of Charlie White's game is isn't great. But I mean, he has only scored one type of goal, and since he's been our top goal scorer and really our only goal scorer. The second got our second top goal scorer is Ledbetter, and he's got most of his goals from penalties. Mm. So um, our main goals this season have come from Charlie White, and if he only scores one type of goal, it makes it easier for the opposition to do their revision on him and stop and stop that sort of ball going into those areas, which have actually stopped us from scoring a lot of goals recently. Um, so that that that's sort of one downs because he got a lot of goals, but he's just he's not got that many you know recently I think he's got 31 goals in all competitions this season now with that one today so look I mean you, you look at that 31 goals in all competitions it's good but me I mean you know you, individual performances you know you could say that that's quite good but really if you watch his all-round game he isn't he isn't that great it's just if the ball drops in front of him he finishes it and scores and I mean I know people say you know, you rely on the strikers to score the goals. Uh, well, I mean, of course you do, but they, they've got to do more in that game than just score. You know, they, they've got to hold the ball up. They've got to support, you know, the wingers. They've got to do a whole lot more than just score goals. Because if, if, they're, if they're, like, giving the ball away and letting the rest of the team down, then that's sort of a weak, weak link in your team. And I think people don't realise that. When someone's just scoring goals, it just sort of papers over the cracks, really, of the problems. So I think next season, I, I, I wish him all the like he's a lovely player. I said hello to him just after the game. He's a lovely, he's a lovely person. You know, I've got nothing against him, but it's just football and ability. He probably isn't good enough to be, you know, at, at, at you know at, at Sunderland. And I think if we want to really take this seriously, uh, we we need to get some some better strikers in, and that probably means Charlie White leaving us. But look, I mean, he's done the best he can do, and that's all we can really ask for. So, um, yeah. Well, I guess halftime comes around not too long after. Um, there was, you know, a potential call to be made where Ross Stewart gets clattered just inside the area. Quite a clumsy coming together between him and the keeper. Yeah. But I think the right decision might have been made at the end to, to give no penalty. Otherwise, Sunderland completely dominated that first half, as you said, sort of with the wind in their sails from the, from the supporters. And Michael Appleton's Lincoln players are probably a bit shell-shocked having, you know, come into the game with a 2-0 lead. But clearly he said something at halftime. Beyond that, he's made two substitutions that have made a bit of an instant impact. And Lincoln start the second half decently. I think they get a couple of corners. They even hit hit the, the crossbar. 
from a corner kick and that's sort of like a warning that Sunderland don't really take because another corner kick comes in um, not long afterwards and it's um, it's Hopper who puts it away and again you know I referenced Sunderland being a side who scored the majority or at least are you know fast starters in in the league Lincoln notoriously have been a bit of a second half team so maybe it wasn't such a surprise that they came back with a better performance but on that Hopper goal I think it might even have been White himself who lost Hopper from the corner um, and it's it's 2-1 you, you sort of said earlier that you knew maybe you got a bit of a feeling that things weren't gonna weren't gonna work out um, but considering you know how dominant you were in the first half it must have been extra gutting to come out and you know sort of forget how good you were playing in the first place and just sort of give the impetus to, to Lincoln City to, to wrestle the game back. Yeah, look, I mean, it was it was a fantastic first half. Um, you know, we've actually had a first half similar like that in Lincoln City before um, this season. When, when we played away, we you know we, we were 3-0 up in the first half. Um, you know, at, and we, we were playing really well that day. You know, sort of similar today, we were all over Lincoln. Lincoln weren't getting near us. <clears throat> However, you know, the second second half, I wouldn't, you know what, I, they, they kind of did step up their game, but not that much. We just weren't as, I don't know, in, in the game, you know, we weren't chasing down everybody. In the first half, uh, we were chasing down everything. We, we were throwing, like the, the players were throwing their bodies in front of everything. And every time someone does that, every time someone makes a tackle, the crowd just roar. And that, that's, that's not, that's that, you know, the players haven't had that all season because there's no, there's not been any fans in. Um, so I think, you know, they, they were sort of motivated by that. But in the second half, I think, you know, it, it, it just, the, the same, the, the same sort of drive in the players wasn't there. And then it gave Lincoln the opportunity to come out and try and play, try and play their half of football um, and, and let, and let them come to life. Really. They did score that. They did score that goal. It was, Poor Mark and I mean where I was sitting, I was sitting right. The, I was sitting in the Premier Concourse, so it was it was above. So I, it was quite far away from where I was, from where the actual goal went in. Um, I know you mentioned the um, <clears throat> potential penalty incident earlier on as well. I, when I first saw that, I thought definitely that's a penalty. But then I've been told again that people have seen the replays and whatever, and, and it maybe didn't look like a penalty. Um, but I haven't actually seen it back. But uh, yeah, look, I mean we we. <sighs> We let Lincoln back into the game, but that's just the thing. It's that's the inconsistency of players in this league. That's the problem. It, you know, you, you're playing, you're playing the Premier League. You know, you, you you expect the players to play the exact same as they did in the in the, in the first half and, and and keep it up. But that's the thing in league when we found so many people are, are are so inconsistent and we just let teams back into games. You know, I think we've been ahead. 10 times this season and we've failed to win seven of them, you know. So, I mean, stats, you know, speak sort of louder than just opinions. So, um, yeah, that, 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 that's, that's, just, that's just a fact for you there. And to be, you know, it, I mean, 2-0 up today, 2 to an aggregate, put ourselves in a, a fantastic position. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's almost heartbreaking, really, to to, to think what's happened. Uh, but you, you know, you would think the players would would do a little bit more to try and win the game. But yeah, let Lincoln let Lincoln back in the game is something I I, I knew was going to happen. I, I can't. I knew it was going to happen at some point in the game. But um, I thought we would, you know, we would do a little bit better than we actually did. But um, anyhow, you know, we're we're we're, we're used to it. We've seen it all before. Sounds like beyond sort of 
improvement in the in the playing squad, maybe some improvement in the game management um, needs to come from uh, Johnson and some maybe some cooler heads from from the players as well. You've got the likes of Ledbetter who's sort of been there and done that at the top level, likewise McGeady. So you'd expect these types of guys to sort of be able to see a game out. But hey-ho, I suppose things went from bad to worse nearly yeah. worse immediately because a penalty was given in the same penalty area, but this time it, it goes Lincoln's way and that was a stonewall penalty but Burge makes a fantastic save to kind of atone for his mistake in in the in the first uh, leg of the tie where he gifted Lincoln a goal and then Sunderland I think realizing that they need to do something to get some of this momentum back they make a bunch of subs get a bit more possession and um, otherwise another let off um, when I think it was uh, McGrandles went through and uh, Sky's a one-on-one chance Um, but Beyond that, I think, you know, at this point, Lincoln have the 3-2 aggregate lead. And uh, actually, my old club teammate uh, and a former guest of the show, Aidan O'Brien, was one of the substitutes. He comes on, he has a couple of chances. The Lincoln keeper, Palmer, makes a a couple of decent saves towards the end of the game. But beyond that, and I think um, Aidan McGeady hitting the post, that was about as close as it got. Uh, Were you... You said you weren't surprised, but nonetheless, were you still disappointed in the final push, given that it's not just, you know, the last few minutes of, of a game, it's the last few minutes of a season on the line. Um, mm. Did you expect, again, I suppose, maybe tactically more from the side to just give everything and push players forward? Did you did you think that there were some opportunities missed beyond the actual chances? Were there, were there sort of tactics that could have been employed that could have given you a better chance? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I think um, it, it's actually something I don't think anyone can really work out this whole season. We're like, you know, I guess this point in the game, but then, then what do we do? Like, if it's not going our way, you know, what, what are we meant to do then? So I think <clears throat> usually the answer has been bring Chris Maguire on, but Chris Maguire, um, you know, for us started, started the match and, and went off. Um, Sorry, someone's someone's just trying to call me. Um, <laughs> and um, <clears throat> you know, so uh, you know, so Chris Maguire is usually the one we, we would bring on uh, if anything. Uh, so there wasn't really much we could do. I mean, Aiden O'Brien comes on. Uh, you know, I, do you know what we would do? We were just playing hoofball second half. There was nothing. We we were so desperate we could just keep hoofing the ball up the pitch, and it wasn't really going to anyone. It just kept going in their keeper. I tell you what, their keeper is not a popular person in that stadium. Every time he didn't even do anything, to be honest with you. Um, and if, when he first came onto the pitch, you know, at the start of the game, everyone was booing him. I don't really know why, um, but they were booing him throughout the entire game. Uh, but you know, every 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 time we're just trying to hoof the ball forward, it just kept going to their goalkeeper. Um, yeah, it just. I, I don't know. It, it, yeah, the the the, the tactic. Because I mean, I don't really know what we've tried. Nearly every tactic you can imagine this season, we've tried a four triple two. We tried a four three three. Tried four four two. You know, now we've got the formation down to one 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 one. You know what I mean? Like we don't actually know what we're playing anymore. We've tried every formation, and nothing really seems to be working. So we ended up just chucking a four four two one and just hoofing the ball up to the big strikers, and even that didn't really do too much. So. Yeah, look, I mean, it, it, it's it's difficult to look at it. Um, you know, when we, in hindsight, going, who would you sort of bring on? Who would you bring on and bring off or whatever? 
I think Jack Diamond bringing on was a big mistake early on um, because he doesn't really do anything. That That's my main one for me. I, I'm not an anti-Jack Diamond person or any. Well, I mean, you know, he, he's a nice enough person, but it just as a footballer, he just, just doesn't really impress me enough. But... um. Oh, it's 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 a tough it's a tough one to answer. I mean, just the I mean, you've got to rely on eleven players on that pitch, you know, to, doing well. I don't think a single player could have done could have won that game for us because just every every a little bit of everyone just isn't very good. Do you know what I mean? And and you know you've all you've all got to be there in a team for each other. And I, I just don't think they can really rely on it. To be honest with you, I don't think some of the teammates even like each other. Because you can see how frustrated they get each other on the pitch. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of of trying to bring on different people, it's I don't know. It's 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 a really tough one to to answer because we haven't really got. I mean, like today, we didn't really have someone really strong come off the bench who's gonna like he's coming. He's gonna come on. You think like come on, he's gonna he's gonna do something here. You know, you never really thought. I mean, Aidan O'Brien came on and was just doing was was just trying to do what Ross Stewart was doing all game. You know that was the ball being hoofed up to him, him trying to jump and hold it up. That was that was all he was trying to do. So, yeah, like <clears throat> there, there, there were no, there were nothing, nothing really special that we had on the bench. But I mean, it was just, I don't know. It, it, it's it, it's really difficult to. The, I think it was it was it was kind of the tactics why we didn't why we didn't win today. I think we were trying to we were trying to do things a bit too fancy, and then we ended up re- resorting to just a hoof ball whether we didn't really try and sort of try and build the play up or, you know, play along the floor, none of that. It was just always hoof ball and hopefully the ball will bounce in the right place and we'll, we'll stick it away. That was what it is. You know, there was nothing, there was nothing much to the game. It was just, you know, wherever the ball bounces, just try and get on the end of it and get it in. And you can't really go about that for a, a whole game of football. No, it didn't work out in the end. And I think on the stream that I was watching the game on, um, the camera when extra time is announced pans to a Sunderland fan in the crowd and he he whips out a flask that he's clearly snuck into the ground and he's sort of chugging on that who knows probably some hard liquor maybe in there and um, you know probably needed it but I guess you know in the cold light of day now that you've had a little bit of time I know the the game only finished you know yeah. around an hour a little more ago but how how are you feeling about the season how are you feeling about the potential of the club because from the sounds of things had you won today and for instance you know projecting forward one in the playoff final it might have been papering over a lot of cracks and this squad seemingly if it's not on merit ready to go up from league one how, how would you expect it to you know perform in, in the championship for instance just how much needs to change does the manager need to learn lessons does the manager need to go do is there need to be a massive clear out yeah, well, I think I think the um, the the good thing about today is that it's probably saved us a lot of heartache at Wembley again. That's what I think we can all take we can all take away from it. Um, but I, I think yeah, a lot a lot of thing a lot of things. Um, that, I mean, things have to change, of course. I think that things have been changing this season, um, but I don't think we've sort of had a summer or a transfer window yet to really implement what we want to do. We need to have a big clear out of players first of all. That's that's what we, that's what we need to do. Um, we just need to bring in some, some some better players, really do some a bit of better recruitment because Hull Hull can do it. 
you know, Peterborough can do it. Um, why can't why can't Sunderland do it? Do you know what I mean? It's not impossible. People thinking of it as, oh, well, you know, you can't have everything. It's impossible. It's not impossible because other teams have done it. So, you know, we should we should want to be we should want to be the best. Um, you know, we should want to be the best in, in our league. Um, my feelings about about you know sort of today's game. It's uh, I think I've always done um, streams and whatever. I've done this kind of thing coming on straight after a game and just talking about the game. You know, I've got I've got used to this kind of thing. Usually, it's me complaining about the team, and I'm getting a little bit sick of just sitting and complaining about. I want to sit here and, and talk about how great we played and what a great win it was. You know, I really I really want that day to come sometime soon, but. Yeah, for me, it, it, usually, I, you know, I, as I say, I sit here after games, but I'm literally sitting here after a game, but it's also after the season as well. So I'm also coming to the realisation that the season is over, um, you know, and some of the players today will never play for Sunderland ever again. Uh, you know, I stayed behind and just said goodbye to a few of them that I wanted to say goodbye to. That I thought I've done their best. Um, there are a few I just ignored, but, you know, like, <clears throat> I, I don't know, it's, uh, I feel... The, the the way I, the way I, I, I would say is I'm kind of beyond upset and angry uh, after today. It's like, it's be, I don't really know how to describe it. I don't really know how to feel, um, but it's just a bit, I, I don't know. It's like a feeling that we're all, that we're all used to. We just don't, don't really know what to do with ourselves. Like after this, I don't really know what I'm going to do. You know, I'm, I'm not in the mood. I'm not in the mood to do anything. You know, I, I honestly, I really don't know what I'm going to do. So it's yeah, it's it, it's it's awful for the Sunderland fans, uh, and to come. I mean, we're we're all happy, obviously, to be back in the stadium of Black today. But I mean, at the end of the day, we were still all there watching a football match, and you know, the team again have have kind of have kind of you know let us down, and uh, we, yeah, we don't really know what to do with ourselves. So I mean, we're we're very we're very upset about that. But I mean, at least we do have a little bit of hope for next season because. Because it's not like we have our poor owner who hardly has any money. You just keep stealing other people's money to run the club. We actually have our own owner, um, a rich owner. And we know the club's going to be in good hands next season. So whatever, whatever happens, um, you know, after after today's game, we, we, will, we, we feel like we're going to be all right. You know, we don't have to worry. We're not going to start cutting back. We're not going to start like sacking groundsmen and, you know, making the ticket office staff redundant or anything like that. You know, we're, we're gonna we're gonna have a we're gonna do our best to have a good club and well funded, and hopefully it will bring the community and the the club you know closer together again. Especially now, fans are going to be allowed back in the stadiums. Mm. Well, moving away from you know potential existential crisis about what what to do next, and before we get into your show, my Sunderland uh, Eleven, um, I think yeah, let's add a little bit of levity. Usually we um, start with our guests by posing an icebreaker question to the group. Obviously there's just two of us. I kind of skipped past that accidentally, actually, even in, a, in excitement to get into the action from today, but I thought, think we might as well come back to that and then we can talk about my Sunderland 11. So, you know, Sunderland tangentially are synonymous with Elvis Presley because can't help falling in love is, you'd say, maybe the Northeast Club's answer to you'll never walk alone. So yeah. for the question for both of us, Matthew, um, what can't you help falling in love with? What is a guilty pleasure of yours? I'll go first, give you a bit of a moment to think about that. But personally, my guilty pleasure is reality cooking shows, <laughs> MasterChef, <laughs> Bake
bake off kitchen nightmares you name it i think secretly i'd probably like to be a contestant on one of them eventually but i'm not a particularly talented chef is is the the catch so i think maybe the most fitting one would be a show that we have over here in the states called worst cooks in america but matthew what can't you help falling in love with what is your guilty pleasure <laughs> well um i mean god to be honest with you i i think i, I do actually um I, I love watching the, the cooking shows as well to be honest with you i think I think Master Chef is is brilliant. Hell's Kitchen's Kitchen Nightmares is is fantastic. Hotel Hell, which I, I love mm. as well, which is kind of Kitchen Nightmares and then fixing a hotel together. Um, I'm also fascinated by um, like travel, like aeroplanes and trains and stuff like that. I, I just it just stuff like that fascinates me. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, for me, uh, I mean. You know, it's uh, the the main the main thing for me is is probably um, the, the the football club. I don't really have uh, many other interests, uh, you know, in my life than 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 the football club. It's it's usually just just the main thing. Uh, a lot of people have have like hobbies, and that's fair enough. You know, a lot of people, you know, they play um they play golf and cricket and and whatever. But for me, I, I'm just so focused on football. Uh, yeah, can't. Honestly, uh, I think the Sunderland fans can't help fall in love because they can't help fall in love with with the, with the football club, and there's nothing that they uh, they love more. So, uh, I mean, but for me, obviously, there are, there are there are things I like, as I just mentioned. But yeah, like like for me, I you know I lo- lo- love love the football club, um, yeah, more than anything. Now, it's a nice way to bring us to some conversation about my Sunderland eleven, because obviously. You love the club so much that you create your own content surrounding it. And I wanted to yeah, give you a moment to tell the listeners a bit more about your show, My Sunderland 11. Where did the idea come from? How did you get started? I guess just tell me a bit more about your whole journey with that. Um, well, it start, I started doing it back in um, January and uh, it all started from uh, because obviously I, I live I live in Essex, um, you know, by, by my voice. And I, I don't speak like a Mackham. Um, but uh, so uh, down south we're surrounded by a lot of um, West Ham fans and there is a guy who does um, my Hammers 11 and he did it with someone uh, my, my dad's friends with and you know he when he, after he did the episode he sent it around sent it to my dad my dad watched it and thought oh this is good you know West Ham fans are coming on and they're telling you know their all time favourite um, like 11 they're, they're, they're putting together people that have played for West Ham and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're putting basically a team together. And I thought, no, what, that's quite an original idea. No one's doing that for Sunderland because, you know, the Sunderland podcasts are all, there's nothing really that's all about past events. Everything's all current. Everything's all fairly negative. And there's not much positive um, that's on the on YouTube about, about Sunderland. So I think the idea was to bring something on that's, uh, people can watch that's positive like nice stories a lot of um, older play, old players have um, you know people that uh, the supporters haven't heard from since they left the club you know like had Andy Reid on um, you know no, no, no one's really um, heard from him while he's left about, talk about Sunderland you know about an hour of ex-players talking about Sunderland for some people that's fascinating fascinating for me so I think yeah so I get, I get, I get them on we'll have like a little you know, like we've done little podcasting and have a chat, talk about, you know, how they signed for something, what their best memories are. 
you know that that kind of stuff and then we'll go through and and we'll discuss um you know that they're all time Sunderland 11 you know they'll put together a team they'll tell me beforehand and we'll just we'll we'll, we'll, we'll list through it they talk about each player individually uh, and I think it's it's a concept that uh, you know not a lot of people well hardly any people actually do you know because obviously you have the you have the chat before but then you actually do you you know you do like an activity of putting together a team so I think that that part is is quite good um so I mean the only sort of thing is is that you know over re- recent years Sunderland haven't really had that many amazing players so there's sort of only three eras I think the players are from and let's see they're like the the sort of the 70s um you know early 2000s and and maybe just a few recent ones so there there isn't really many in between that but um no it's it's still it's still great because for me I'm only 17 years old and as a young fan to to hear stories about players that I've never heard of you know only boosts my um you know sort of intelligence and knowledge about the club so I think I think for me for me it's great uh and yeah as people people seem to uh, people seem to enjoy it you know I do I do my own thing I think we mentioned it earlier I do I also run a channel called Fans React um SAFC Fans React and that's all just about current stuff so it's nice for me to do a bit of current stuff and also talk about um the past stuff as well so I think it, it, it's it's a nice thing for supporters to watch especially you know after like today's today's game where there's not much positivity around we, we're trying to do our best to put do our best to you know try and put a, a bit of positive uh, content out there for people to watch mm. yeah no I mean keep up the good work with both of the channels um otherwise I think it, it's interesting to hear that you took some inspiration from a, a West Ham 11 we actually are fans of putting together 11s on the show but not always sort of the best 11s sometimes it's sort of failed signings or flop 11s we like to call them yeah. we, we had a West Ham fan on a, a while back and we did a flop 11 with him but I think that's probably about as much time as we have for today so thanks for joining me Matthew hope you've enjoyed being my guest uh, how can our listeners best follow you and my Sunderland 11 and do you have any upcoming episodes of, of that show in particular that people can look forward to um yeah, we can follow me on on Twitter at Lead Matthew. Um, that's sort of the the, the main one, uh, and then there should be some videos coming uh, next week from my Sunderland eleven. Um, uh, yeah, Car- Carlos Edwards, um, he, he's an and he's an ex player that we'll put that we'll we'll put out next um ne- next week. Um, so yeah, the, 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 there's new stuff as well. Also, the YouTube channel Fans React, which I'm also on, um, as well. Recently hit a thousand subscribers. So just doing our, our best to try and build up um, build up the channels, really. So, um, yeah, that's where you can find them. No, oh, nice one. Thanks again, Matthew. Uh, best of luck with uh, my Sunderland 11 with Fans React. And I suppose good luck to Sunderland for next season. Otherwise, uh, our listeners and viewers, if you enjoyed this podcast, please do subscribe wherever you found us on YouTube. Look for United Mates Football Podcast. And then across our socials, we're at United Mates FP on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We have a website, unitedmatesfp.com. You can keep up with everything that we're up to by following us on those places, which we would really appreciate. Until next time, everyone, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Goodbye. (laughs) 